Welcome to EduServe's Public Sector Digital Podcast. In these Coffee Break Conversations, Natasha and Andy draw from their experience of working with public sector organizations to keep you up to date with the latest technology trends, discussing how these apply to meeting business objectives in the sector. Hello and welcome. I'm Natasha Valendahl and I am run the executive briefing program at EduServe and I'm here with Andy Powell, our CTO. Hi there. And this is our public sector digital podcast. So today we're going to be talking about data. Data is everywhere and being talked about everywhere. So probably we ought to start with why. Why? Why is it so important, Andy? Well, I think if you put yourself in the shoes of a, a, a local council, there's two sort of key aspects, I think. One is the use of data that they make in order to do what they do better. So data-driven decision-making, I suppose, fundamentally, the use of data to help them plan, uh, to deliver new services, to, you know, to deliver better services for their citizens. But the other aspect is they're sitting on data or they're able to negotiate rights from other providers of data to share that with their citizens and enable citizens to do things better. So there's two sort of very different aspects to data and I think that's why it's important. The, the other thing to remember, I suppose, is that data underpins pretty much everything. So, you know, it is completely fundamental to nearly every service that, that uh, a local council is going to be delivering to citizens. You can't talk about services without thinking about what data is underpinning that. And when we look forward to what we keep talking about is what Industry 4.0, the next revolution, that really is underpinned by data. Getting smart, you can't an AI and machine learning, you can't do that without good data. Exactly. You're you're either looking at, you know, historical data that you've built up over years and that you can use to you know, as I say, to, to, to improve your decision making. So whether that's data about the way people learn or data about um, the way uh, the environment is changing or data about the way transport is working, all of these things can be made better through analysis of that data. Okay. Well, I mean, I know from my work with the executive briefing program in our steering group, I think we've, we've probably been talking about data as a really important topic to cover for maybe 18 months. Um, and I know that there are some people within that steering group who feel quite comfortable with that topic, but it's only the minority. Most of them go, oh, data, I know this is something I should be doing, but it doesn't feel like the sort of thing I can be doing yet. I'm not, I'm not ready. What sort of first steps do you think there are for, for that, for, you know, a council that sort of doesn't really have a data specialism? Well, inevitably, it seems to me councils will be sitting on data and they can look at that data and think about opening it up to their citizens. Because I think one of the, th- one of the key aspects here around data is that uh, by engaging citizens through that data, so opening it up to them, allowing them to analyse it, allowing them to potentially build their own services on that data, you're kind of changing the dynamic uh, between yourself as a as a council and the people you serve, because you're you're kind of inviting them into your space and saying, "Help us do things better." Now, so what do you do to, you know, how do you get going with that? I think. You know, there's various different aspects to that. I think, one, you've got to find interested parties out in your 
in, in, out in the communities you serve who want to get involved in that conversation because they will help you. There, there are people out there who are really interested in this stuff and they will help you think about, one, what kinds of data they would find most valuable and two, they will definitely put pressure on you to make it available in ways that are usable and useful over the long term. So with this, I know that you've been involved with Bath Hacked. Yeah. Is that sort of group the sort of thing you're talking about? Tangentially, yeah. I've certainly more watched the way Bath Hacked has worked over the years than been very kind of involved with them. But they are quite an active group. And uh, they're active in a number of ways. One, they get people together in order to create their own data sets. So, for example, they've had a recent project where they've been getting active members of the community together to uh, look around the city of Bath and assess the accessibility of, uh, so like wheelchair accessibility and so on, of various public spaces. So um, both truly public buildings, but also pubs, restaurants, cinemas, all that kind of thing. And they've been literally getting people to go out on the streets with a little mobile application and record how accessible these different buildings are and building up a, a really valuable data set that, can be, that others can then build services on. So they're active in that sense, but they also work quite closely with uh, the council in Bath to encourage them to, to make their data data available to talk to them about the standards they should be using to make that data available to help them negotiate with you know private uh, commercial owners of data um, in order to encourage them to see the value in opening up their data and I think that's one of the really interesting aspects around data that you've got this crossover between the kind of open access agenda and privately held data and you really want to bring those things together if you can because i think um the sort of privacy argument and gdpr and those sorts of things have been a bit of a um what's the word? They, they've sucked up too much of the energy around yeah. the data conversation in recent years and actually i think that's really not not the central point because surely most data can be anonymized and it's not about individuals as such it's more about patterns and it, it, am i right in that well i mean yes yes and no i suppose Clearly, people are right to have concerns around privacy and where they are, where they're seeing their data being uh, exposed. As I say, they are right to worry about what impact that might have downstream. Um, So I I think it's perfectly right that people have privacy concerns around data, but equally, one doesn't want those privacy concerns to unnecessarily constrain you know experimentation innovation delivery of new services and all that kind of thing so one doesn't want to be overly worried but one does want to be appropriately worried if that makes sense yeah no i mean i guess it's about having certain measures in place and and when you're talking about standards just now um kind of i know it's wrapped up in a, in a different way but having the right standards a lot of those sort of foundation pieces are really important i think to then different um, organizations being able to work together and just yeah. being clear on you know privacy and and standards which i know are two different things but. yeah and there are there are, you know there are there are bodies out there that can help people in local government to understand these kinds of issues so there's the open data institute is the is the most obvious example um that can really help 
local councils understand all, all kinds of issues around data. So, so privacy standards, APIs. You know how how are, how are consumers going to actually get at this mm. data? How do you ensure good quality of data? How are you going to keep it updated? There's no point in putting up a data set uh, that over the next two or three years gradually goes out of date because the people who are then building services on that data set are going to get really frustrated with the fact that the underlying data no longer serves their needs. And I know that the um, ODI, the Open Data Institute, have recently um, had a, a three, sorry, a six million uh, pound fund, three-year funding um, to boost the UK data's infrastructure, which is which is good. Although that does seem like a bit of a drop in the ocean. Probably, but at least it's something. It's something people can get going with. And as I say, more than anything, I think think about how to engage with your citizens in order to get them involved, because this is always going to be a partnership between uh, local government between uh, and citizens and commercial providers. There's always going to be this three-way relationship that councils need to manage various relationships. And, and that won't be easy, but it, but you need to get started. It's really interesting talking about the relationships because um, so one of the people who's on my steering group that, that does know this area quite well is a guy called Neil Crump, and he's been made the first chief data officer, and that's for the county of Worcestershire. Um, and they talk about... Um, so they've kind of put a sentence in place about what they're trying to do. So how Worcestershire will use data as an asset to transform services for the benefit of our residents and businesses, and in doing so, empower our residents to enhance economic growth and connect communities. I mean, there's some quite big ideas there, but yeah. I think I think I think it's a good it's a good sort of starting point to set that yeah, that intention. I think that I think that's bang on target in terms of the value of data and, and how it can transform the delivery of, of services to citizens. Okay, well, I think that's a good place to end then. Thanks very much, Andy. Yeah, thanks. So don't forget what EduServe does. We help organisations get the most of the public cloud. We specialise in working with the third and public sector. We help you to plan and migrate to the cloud, optimise your use of public cloud once you're there and develop digital services using Office 365. For more blogs, reports, videos and podcasts, visit eduserve.org.uk slash insight.